Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hanging out here where sports meets life inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios, and I'm honored and privileged, as always, to have our special guest inside of MonPazPopcorn.com's What's Poppin', and I feel absolutely positively privileged to be able to be joined by Mr. Fred Reed. Fred's Joining us here from the Eastern Michigan Eagles, the safeties coach and defensive passing game coordinator, and I'm very excited to have Fred here. He was at Syracuse. I had the opportunity to follow him first when he was with the Syracuse Orange a few years back and then went on to Eastern Michigan, and as coaches have had somewhat of a carousel, he's been able to have longevity at Eastern Michigan, which is unheard of in the coaching world, which... We'll talk about that and what that means and the importance of that as Fred gets set to join us here from the great state of Michigan. Mr. Reed, how are we doing today? Doing great, Dan. Uh, it's uh, really cold here in Michigan, and uh, but, but the sun is out, so it's a, it's a great day. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, and, and Fred, you and I had the opportunity uh, to meet a few years back, and then you went on to Eastern Michigan. And, and as I said, you know, longevity for a coach is a hard thing to find in any place uh, what can you say about like going back to you know maybe weighing your options and whatnot? What made Eastern Michigan look like the right place after Syracuse? Well, um, you know it, it's always difficult when you're going through transition and trying to find the next the next spot. And um, you know, um, I had a friend that worked here uh, and worked uh, for Coach Creighton, uh, Chris Creighton. And he's done a phenomenal job here. Uh, as our leader, um, and um, I got a chance to talk to him on the phone prior to t- taking the job and just showing interest. And uh, his energy uh, just jumps through the phone, you know what I mean? And uh, his vision in terms of uh, being able to turn the program around and those type of things. Uh, and uh, the friend of mine that worked here had a great experience with them, uh, which led to me uh, you know, really pursuing the job and, and talking to uh, Coach uh, Creighton about it further. Um, and at that time, they uh, had only won three games in two years, his first two years. And, uh, um, but he was uh, passionate about his vision of building a championship-level uh, program and uh, being able to attract the right people uh, because it's, you know, it's about people. Uh, for us here, he wants good people and those type of things. And um, I think uh, you know, our philosophies aligned um, it, it, with that and um, being back in the Midwest I'm from Chicago originally um, so that that was attractive as well um, so uh, but but it's, it, it's, been, it's been great um, and we've been able to achieve a lot of things you know um, four bowl games in, in six years and uh, um, this year um, having a chance you know uh, which we haven't in the past we seven you know, early enough where we can push to win eight um, um, and, and uh, it was a great challenge for us. And uh, um, so we, we're, we're seeing great progress here, and uh, um, we're excited about the future. Yeah, and, and Fred, you know, you, you talk about the fact of, you know, what you've been able to do as, as a coaching unit at Eastern Michigan. Uh, four bowl games in six years. You came in in 2016. You've been through here uh, to the 2021 season that just wrapped up and now moving on to 2022. What can you say about the coaching staff? We know that Creighton stuck around. We know that you've stuck around. But how much continuity has been on the staff 
in this world where you've been to four bowl games in six years, how much of it has been a staff that has stayed together? Yeah, I think the core of it has been pretty good. Like, uh, you know, Coach Creighton, uh, uh, obviously, has been here. Uh, our defensive coordinator, Neil Nethery, uh, and myself, we got here at the same time. Uh, and so right now, uh, we are, like, from the 16th season, uh, the long-standing uh, guys left. Uh, but uh, uh, Coach has done a great job in terms of uh, – uh, he's a great people person in, in terms of trying to find out who fits. And he's done a great job of finding guys to uh, to replace coaches who have gone on uh, to uh, better opportunities, uh, to be quite frank with you. They, they've gone on uh, you know, to, to great jobs. I mean, Kalen DeBoer was here at the office coordinator at 16. He's now the head coach at, uh, at University of Washington. So uh, we've had some uh, really great uh, uh, people come through here. Uh, and very talented coaches, and uh, and Coach Creighton has uh, uh, has done a great job of keeping us together. And so myself and the defensive coordinator, we are the only ones left in terms of on that staff uh, that's remaining from the 16 uh, season. Our strength coach has been here uh, for uh, all that time, and he just left to go to uh, University of Washington. Um, so I think when you have success and those things like that, opportunities are going to come to coaches that do a good job and they're good people. And uh, you know, we all are always excited for uh, for, for uh, guys getting opportunities. And I think just the, the common uh, thing here in terms of our foundation is our head coach, uh, just in terms of who he is uh, as a human being and as a football coach. And uh, he has a great uh, pulse uh, uh, in our profession to know who's, um, who, who are the right people that fit in, in our program uh, to add uh, some stability to what we got? I think our systems are in place uh, offensively and defensively. Um, you know, um, you, you adjust every year, but uh, uh, we're on the same, we're aligned uh, in the same direction that way. So we don't have any issues that way. And I think uh, it helps our players uh, when there is coaching change to be able to, it's a quick adjustment for our players. So uh, that's kind of how we've uh, dealt with uh, the movement. Um, you get that a lot, uh, especially around this time, uh, December and January, in our profession, but uh, just as the way it goes. And uh, I think Coach Craven has done a great job of keeping uh, the continuity of what we do have uh, intact. In you know, and when you have that, not just to have uh, some continuity, but to have your head coach be the same and uh, Neil Nethery, your defensive coordinator, and then you be one of the defensive uh, coaches to have that specifically, what has that done for the defense? Because to have you and Neil and Coach, that means that Coach's vision and Neil's vision and then your vision with Neil gets to stay the same and evolve together, but that you're always on the same path here. It's not that Neil is going and, and saying, okay, I need another safeties guy, I need another defensive passing game coordinator. And Coach, you know, obviously a head coach, the two best, the two biggest hires they're ever going to make that have to really do with the longevity of, of their job are their offensive and defensive coordinators. So when you have Neil and you on the defensive side of the ball, what does that do for Eastern Michigan to protect success? Yeah, I think that the, the number one thing is, is to play, it can always come back to the players uh, and, and teaching the fundamentals uh, of the game and those types of things. And uh, so uh, that's a high priority here. Uh, with uh, Coach Creighton, um, uh, Coach 
Coach Nethery and myself, uh, we want to be able to teach the fundamentals of the game and get the players to play at the highest level uh, possible. Um, and uh, uh, philosophically, uh, offensively and defensively, I think the, the biggest thing I think for our players is they don't have to learn new systems. You know what I mean? Like, so there's a lot of change in all those things across the country, and kids have to learn new systems, and that makes it really, really difficult uh, on uh, a lot of people. Uh, when the kids understand the system and know the system, and the coach can coach the fundamentals, it just makes it, the transition a lot easier uh, for everybody. And so our kids, if we do lose someone on offense uh, or something like or something something like that, uh, our system is in place, right? Uh, from with Coach Creighton and philosophically what we're doing offensively and, and, and what we call things and that uh, things of that nature. If we lose, um, you know, um, you know, a coach on defense, uh, for example, um, you know, Neil and I have been together long enough. Uh, you know, with me in the secondary and he's in the, in the front end of things with the linebackers and D line. You know, it's just an easier uh, adjustment, and our players don't have to adjust if new coaches come in in terms of schematics i mean we're going to do what we do and we're going to do it well uh and so i think that's probably the common thread there uh just in terms of our players there's not much change for our players right that you get a new coach uh, you get to experience somebody that has probably individually uh a little bit different uh philosophy you know in terms of how they want to coach and their approach uh but i think the core thing is uh, getting back to people and the type of people uh, Coach Creighton brings in, it just makes it easier uh, for our players uh, in, in any type of transition. So I think our players don't go to it. Uh, it it's not, uh, I'm not going to say it's not a big deal, but I, I don't think uh, it's something that uh, that they stress over uh, once they meet uh, a new coach. So I think the, the core of having um, an offensive philosophy and a defensive philosophy that uh, everybody's pulling in the same direction and you can teach the fundamentals to the guys um, that uh, it, it, and there's not much, not much change for our players. Uh, it just makes uh, uh, this time when there is transition a, a lot easier. Uh, and uh, so I think that that's the you know th those are the key things uh, when I look at it because I always look at it from a player's perspective. And I think sometimes what get lost in is that and our and our thing is everybody looking for the next quick fix. Um, you know the next coach, the next hot guy. You know skill who's hot now, you know, winning and all that. Yeah. Because uh, everybody wants to win, right? Uh, but I think what they would get lost is, a, is, is that the players, in terms of in those transitions, have to go through a lot in terms of the learning and the stress in terms of it's already stressful. Those guys work out, you know, from now January all the way to the end of December. I mean, so, uh, you know, they put a lot of time and effort into it. And it's just that sometimes I think administratively people don't understand the continuity is really, really important. And then if a team is struggling and so on and so forth, those type of things early on in the first couple of years, you gotta you gotta stay the course. And uh, I don't think a lot of administrations these days don't don't do that. They don't like to stay the course. And I think if they stay the course, I mean it could have been very easy for Eastern Michigan to um, let Coach Creighton go after winning three games in two years. I mean, I mean that's probably an easy thing to do, but they stuck with him, and uh, and now he's had great success here, more success than anybody has in the history of the school any head coach in the history of the school. So, uh, you know, you got to have patience and you got to have a system uh, in place uh, that uh, uh, that if you do have other coaching change between assistant coaches changing, uh, that, that the players are not affected uh, as much and that they can continue, you know, hit the ground running when the new coach gets in and so on and so forth. 
and everybody's pulling in the same direction. You know, Fred, and I, I appreciate that, and I appreciate the breakdown and, and the and the speaking about you know what happens when you have continuity versus when you don't. I also want to make mention of the fact that you maybe mistakenly quoted to, or maybe subconsciously quoted two of my favorite songs, where you said something which is along the lines of doing it and doing it and doing it well, which is from LL Cool J. <laughs> And then you also uh, did the kind of who hot who not, which is uh, feel so good by Mace. So I just wanna, I just wanna mention this morning that you got my hip hop feel in early 2022 by accident. I like it. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, you know, yeah, I like those references. You know, I, I didn't think about it, but that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good way to start. I got Mason LL yeah, this morning. Yeah, so. yeah, you can't go wrong with Mason LL, right? You're early. You'll wake you up. It's good. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I know what I'm listening to on the commercial breaks. I know that much. Yeah, but so, no doubt. So uh, before uh, before we jump into anything else, Fred, so for you, I mean, there's, there's Eastern Michigan, there's Central Michigan, there's Western Michigan. You're all in the same division of the MAC. And when, you know, when we look at the MAC, the MAC shin, and the west side of the MAC, we have, uh, we have you, Western Michigan, and Central Michigan, like I said. Bring me into these rivalries. I mean, this year you were able to go up against a, a friend in Tim Lester and defeated Western Michigan 22-21 to and then went on to play uh, Central Michigan, lost that game 31-10. to What are the rivalries like with the Broncos and the Chippewas when we talk about three different Michigan-based teams of Central, Eastern, and Western all playing within the same division of the same conference? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's great football, and uh, and there are uh, uh, great rivalries. Uh, for us, it's a little different because you know, uh, prior to us getting here, you know, uh, you know, the tradition at Eastern was was as good in terms of winning, and so I think the big the rivalry between Western and Central is is like uh, it's huge, right? I mean, that's uh, in the state people uh, know about that. Um, and in recent years, since 16, we've, we've gotten a lot better and we've been able to compete uh, at a high level against Central and, and Western. And those have become, uh, you know, some really great contests and, uh, you know, in-state uh, rivalries now. Because, again, it's not a rival, really, unless you're able to win some of those <laughs> games. And I think prior, prior to us getting here, uh, Eastern wasn't winning a fair share of those games. And so, um, but I tell you what, though, it's, uh, it, it's, it's great, uh, you know, the, the excitement, uh, the intensity on both sides. Uh, you know, with the coaching staffs and the players, uh, it's uh, it's a fun time, uh, and and uh, both program, all three programs, uh, have done a great job uh, and did a great job this season of getting to bowl games and having success in bowl games. And uh, um, I, yeah, it's uh, it's been really good, and it's it's good for us from the Eastern Michigan standpoint to be able to be in a conversation because prior to sixteen, we weren't in a conversation really, you know. And um, so our, our kids and our administration uh, and coaching staff, it's just, uh, you know, we're, we're proud to represent uh, the Block E and, and compete against, uh, you know, uh, Western and Central uh, on a yearly basis. And it's, a, and it's great. It's great football. It's great football. For you to have opportunity every single season to see Tim Lester again, what are those moments like? What is that kind of like pregame on the field like? Do you get to spend 
a couple minutes? Do you razz each other at all? Do you pick each other's brains? What's when when Eastern and Western get to play each other? What does it feel like for you and Tim? Well, first of all, you know this. You know you have friends in the in the profession, and and uh, when you compete against them, I, I personally uh, I'm not a big fan of competing against guys that I know. You know what I mean? It's just uh, it's because uh, we're all scrapping and competing hard and all those type of things. I prefer uh, just to, to cheer for them, root for them, and not play against them. But uh, uh, it's a unique uh, situation with uh, Tim and I because of our relationship back at Syracuse and both being from Chicago land area and all those things there. So, <laughs> so, uh, you know, usually the pre, the pregame, uh, is, is pretty, uh, uh, lax and it gives us a chance to, to catch up. And we always catch up talking about what's going on with the bulls. And I'm a white Sox guy. He's a Cubs guy. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, we, we talk about little things like that. Uh, not so much football, but, uh, but, but things just what's going on with our families and things of that nature. So, uh, he's a great guy, and uh, you know, um, uh, I value our, our friendship and those things. And uh, uh, but uh, when it comes down to strapping it on and playing against each other, once the, those conversations is, are over, we're, we're both trying to take each other out. So, <laughs> so, so it's uh, it's all good though. But I enjoy it. Um, and like I said, he's a great guy, and we always we run into each other from time to time uh, on the road in the summer, and um, it's always good to catch up. That coming here this morning from Fred Reed, a safeties coach and defensive pass game coordinator of the Eastern Michigan Eagles. Been with Eastern Michigan for 2016 through now and is moving on here into the 2022 season recruiting as we head toward the second part of National Signing Day, which is coming up in February. Fred, for for you, for me to understand this, because I see it on some lists and you don't see it everywhere on, on coaching staffs, defensive pass game coordinator what does that mean in your words um well it's something that uh, uh i take great pride in um you know obviously uh you know we have a defense coordinator that's neil nettery and so he runs the defense and, and calls the defenses and, and things of that nature um what, what we've done over the years and been together is i've taken a little bit more of a load off of him in terms of the pass game. Um, something I enjoy doing, uh, and it just gives me a little bit more say in terms of uh, what we're doing uh, from a pass game standpoint. And uh, um, that, that's been, uh, uh, you know, great for me, uh, uh, rewarding uh, in terms of being able to uh, be a little bit more involved, uh, you know, uh, with what we're doing. Uh, game plan wise, uh, and, and some uh, schematic things as well. So uh, I think you know uh, I've been a coordinator and I've done that, uh, and so to uh, to be involved a little bit more uh, as as an assistant coach uh, is is uh, you know you know I appreciate uh, being having an opportunity to do that, and what it what it entails is just uh, those things in terms of game planning. And, and preparation and some schematic things uh, on, on a weekly uh, and yearly basis. Makes sense. So to have a, a piece of that and to help out, like you said, the defensive coordinator, as your role has evolved at Eastern Michigan, how have you seen yourself evolve? And then secondly, why do you love the secondary so much? Why is that something that energizes you? Um, 
Well, just being here, I think that the being here at Eastern and, and Neil is a is a good friend, uh, and, and and Chris Creighton uh, is is a good friend as well. Uh, just being with them and 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 uh, uh, getting to know their families and those type of things, uh, and, you know, it's been been awesome. Uh, and we've recruited some really good kids, um, and just love the young man that we have in the program. And I've been able to be here long enough to see kids come through, <laughs> and. Uh, Go through the program as freshmen and redshirt, or uh, and graduate. You know, maybe in five years, some guys in four. Um, that that's been really, really rewarding. Um, and then being able to have our guys uh, walk around with pride on campus with a blocky uh, on their chest. There were some guys when we first got here uh, that didn't have that opportunity to walk around with, with pride, you know, with a blocky uh, on their chest. You know what I mean? And, uh, they were chastised and things of that nature, but uh, but things have changed, and uh, so I'm proud to be a part of a program uh, that supported, uh, got great support from my administration, um, and have a head coach with uh, great energy and passion. Uh, so I'm, I'm uh, you know excited every day that I wake up to be able to represent uh, Eastern Michigan uh, uh, University, uh, you know, and uh, and the players. Uh, that 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 we have here. Uh, what was the second part of that? Just what energizes yeah. you about the secondary specifically? Oh, why you love yes. it? Yeah, yeah. Secondary play. It's just uh, you know I played uh, DB, uh, played free safety, uh, and uh, so that part of it. And uh, I've always been. I was never growing up. Uh, and I, I really you know I envy Tim Lester. Tim Lester was a quarterback. And and growing up, I wanted to be a quarterback, but I didn't have any type of arm strength. I couldn't play the position, but I always wanted to be play that position growing up. And end up uh, in high school being a linebacker, and that was the next best thing to be able to uh, call plays. Got to college and end up uh, uh, being a uh, safety and being a leader in the secondary, and be able to make uh, coverage adjustments. So I've been able to. Um, starting from what I wanted to do, and then when I played basketball growing up, I wanted to be the guy that. Um, uh, be the point guard, not a, you know, tight. You know what I mean? Someone to get set the table and, and to see things on the floor and pass it to the open guy and those type of things. Pass it to the guy that you know that's going to pass it to the to the next open guy, whatever the case may be. Uh, be the quarterback uh, of the defense as a linebacker. Be the quarterback of the defense as a as a free safety. So my passion stems from growing up uh, wanting to be the quarterback of whatever I was playing. Um, at that time, and uh, so that's uh, uh, you know, kind of as I've grown uh, and become got into the coaching profession and those things there, uh, I've want, always wanted to be a secondary guy. I uh, coached linebackers for a while, uh, but uh, uh, you know, and I never see myself coaching D line or you know, I coached uh, receivers for for a moment, but offensively, the only position I would ever want to coach uh, would be quarterbacks. I mean, I want to be involved in terms of the entire game from the run game the pass game uh want to be involved in that and i think uh as a db you're involved in the run game you're involved in the pass game uh so that's why i'm I'm passionate about it from my youth going all the way up through uh to where i am now um and the kids that you coach you coach some of the highest skilled kids uh in in football um you know when you coach in the corners um you know uh, receivers get a lot of uh publicity uh, those type of things, uh, uh, and but uh, that corner position is probably the hardest position I think in playing football. 
in terms of the skill level that's required to play it at a high level, especially nowadays with the rules that you have, you can't you barely can even touch a guy. You know what I mean? So you got to have a high skilled guy in that position, and uh, you know, and then in the safety position, um, you know, just to be able to be high skilled, but also be a guy that has some physicality and range and be able to have instincts and things of that nature. So all those things are why I'm, I'm passionate about uh, secondary play. Uh, and, and all that stuff started when I was, you know, a youth. I wanted to be you know, quarterback of the defense, quarterback of the offense, and, and so on and so forth. <laughs> that, that coming here from Fred Reed here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and uh, much appreciation. I, I just, I'm picturing Fred Reed going up against Tim Lester on the field. Like, I'm just seeing, can you, can you figure him out? Can you key on him when he was a quarterback? Like, I'm just trying to. I don't know. I'm trying I don't to know. see. That. He was really good. He was really good. <laughs> <laughs> he was really good. He probably, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I tell you what, we probably throw some disguise coverages at him and maybe uh, uh, try to confuse him or something. I don't know. He was really good. So, I don't know. And, you know, we look at this, though, and you're speaking about uh, being good here. You talk about how Eastern Michigan, in order for it to be a rivalry with Central and Western, you got to win games. Uh, Eastern Michigan's been around for 47 seasons in football. Uh, Mac for all of those seasons except for their first, which was independent in 75. From 75 to 2013, for that long stretch of decade upon decade, there was only six winning seasons. Chris Creighton has three winning seasons out of the last six years. So just what you could say about that, a team that from 75 to 2013, pre-Chris Creighton, and pre, you know, you being on the staff and Neil and whatnot, this was a program that only had six winning seasons from 75 to 2013. Now you're halfway there with three winning seasons from 2016 to 2021. Just what that says about where Eastern Michigan football is. Yeah, no, it's come a long, long way. And, uh, you know, uh, and if we can, uh, you know, win a bowl game, uh, you know, here or there, there been more, you know what I'm saying, in that, in that uh, six-year period. So, But uh, it's, uh, it just shows you in terms of where, where we are and, and what, what, uh, um, what has been built here. And uh, we're going to continue to try to strive and, and add, uh, add to it. And, um, I think we're going in the right, uh, right direction. You know, uh, the type of kids that we're recruiting here um, and uh, the coaching staff that we have, uh, the administrative support, you know, um, you know, it all that works uh, in concert with each other to get us to uh, to have the success that we've had uh, uh, in in this last uh, six years, and uh, we're going to continue to build on that moving forward. That coming here from the defensive pass game coordinator and safeties coach Fred Reed of Eastern Michigan, who was at uh, Syracuse when we met one another, and has moved on to Eastern Michigan with the Eagles to take on the rest of the Mac. You got to go to a bowl game this season, albeit not the way that you wanted it to end. I know you talked about uh, winning a bowl game and, and how important uh, that would be to this team. To give a little uh, history here, folks, we look at the fact there was only one bowl game ever pre-Chris Creighton for Eastern Michigan, and that was the California Bowl, and that was back in 87, and they won the game uh, back in 87, the Eastern Michigan Eagles did. And since then, we have the Popeyes Bahamas Bowl, the Camellia Bowl, the Quick Lane Bowl, and the Lending Tree Bowl. Lending Tree most recently. So 
The team has only been to five bowl games in 47 years. You're a part of four of those five games, Fred. I know you're a humble guy. I know you give credit to Chris, but you're a part of this team that's advanced to bowl season four times here very recently. What can you tell me about what you take away from, despite there being a loss against Liberty, what do you take away from bowl season and the importance of advancing to a bowl game? Yeah, I think, you know, our kids work uh, really uh, hard all year round. The coaching staffs uh, work really, really, really hard uh, in terms of prep- preparing the guys, our support staffs. I mean, so everybody involved worked really hard. So the reward uh, to working hard uh, is the opportunity to go to a bowl game, you know. And uh, um, and so everybody puts in uh, you know, a tremendous amount of work and sacrifice to uh, be in a position where you can go uh, to, a, to, a, to a bowl game. So um, it's like uh, all hands on deck. We all work, you know, tremendously hard. Um, and it starts now in, you know, in January for the, for the, you know, for the new, um, for the new group and, uh, and, and we'll work hard to, to get back to a bowl, uh, next season. I mean, ideally you want a chance to win your division and a chance to uh, play for a MAC championship. And then the next thing would be able to go to a bowl game and compete and win that bowl game. So that's, uh, uh, really important. And I think, uh, we, we, at this point, has uh, uh, developed uh, you know a tradition uh, here that's uh, and everything is trending in the right direction. Where we're going to be a perennial bowl uh, program. That uh, that's something that uh, our kids are going to work uh, tremendously hard, uh, and our staff will as well, and our support staff, and uh, and that's you know, always our, our goal to get there. And, and now our biggest challenge is to win one. We haven't we haven't won one yet, and, uh, and that, that's a big challenge to be able to uh, compete at a high level to be able to win it. Uh, in terms of just uh, uh, the importance of getting to a bowl, it really helps you develop your young players, and it gives us a chance to get extra practices in where uh, we're not necessarily game planning, but we actually, uh, um, um, you know, it's almost like an additional spring ball, if you will, where we compete against our offense and, and get some of the young guys going. And you can continue to evaluate uh, some of the freshmen uh, and redshirt freshmen that you recruited. Uh, and, uh, uh, and it gives you a great chance to, to give them another opportunity to play uh, fast in practice. Uh, because during the course of the year, it's very hard if, if you're not uh, playing those guys and they're not in the, you know, in the two deep or they're not in the rotation from a special team standpoint, uh, you don't get a chance to spend a ton of time with them outside of a short uh, individual. So uh, I think it's huge for, for those guys. Um, you know, we have, for example, two young safeties that, uh, uh, that we think are going to be really good players coming out of uh, camp uh, this, uh, this, this past August. And, and they played some special teams and played in a, uh, three or four games and, and, and end up uh, redshirting. And uh, uh, and then in December during the practices, they showed that they are going to be guys that uh, they are who we thought they were. And, and, and so we're looking forward to spring ball, the offseason training program and getting the spring ball so those guys can continue to develop. So it, it's really, really important in terms of developing uh, your, your young players, uh, the extra practices that you get. That coming here from Fred Reed on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora this morning inside the Cafe Kubal Studios. Uh, Fred, in, in closing here, just, you know, looking back 
on everything that's that's gone on. I mean, you, you spoke on Chris Creighton and, and him staying with this team and, and staying loyal to this team, seeing things through. Uh, you know, some people are surprised. You know, he said that, you know, for him, he said, I've been here for eight years. This is home. I'm in love with this program and all the people in it. And so, I mean, big words toward you, toward Neil, uh, toward those that are on staff in general, and just what that means to you in the coaching carousel that we live in today and in this, you know, constantly, uh, you know, coaches getting poached and, and getting spoken to throughout the season, after the season, before the season. To know that, that Chris wants to be a part of this, to know that he wants to be with Eastern Michigan, just what that means to you that you have a leader who has stayed true to this and seemingly hasn't really even uh, fielded too much as far as when somebody maybe wants to talk to him. It sounds like this is this is not something he's going after. He'd rather just focus on where he is right now and what he's doing. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we just moved that to uh, a new facility, um, you know, but two years now. Uh, and he really worked uh, uh, along with our athletic director really hard to get that done. Uh, and, uh, you know, and that basically started from scratch. I mean, they knocked down a small building we had before and built this, you know, this huge uh, uh, complex that uh, houses our, our football uh, team. And it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, and now it puts us on par with uh, everybody else in, in our conference. And I think there are still other things that he wants to accomplish here in, in, in terms of moving the program uh, forward and I think he's 100% committed uh, to doing it. And if anybody can do it, he he's going to be uh, uh, he's going to be the guy that's going to do it. Um, and he's tremendously focused on um, having Eastern Michigan be like uh, you know he always said us in recruiting like the greatest experience uh, in our players' lives. Like you know like when they when they come and they go through uh, four to five years here, it's the greatest experience. Uh, of their lives. I mean, he takes those guys as seniors to Pikes Peak uh, out, in, out in Colorado as a senior uh, trip uh, for leadership. And um, he really uh, bleeds uh, green and uh, it's in his um, uh, it's in his DNA at this point. You know what I mean? And uh, I think uh, um, he still sees that there's a lot to be done here. Uh, and, uh, and he's uh, continuing to work and find ways uh, to get us to a point where uh, we can hoist a, a MAC championship uh, trophy. And I think that's his number one focus. I don't think he, he thinks about anything else. And uh, he has the energy level, the passion. I mean, he he can, uh, uh, when he speaks, like if, if, he, if he stops coaching, I mean, he can probably be a motivational speaker. I mean, that's how... Um, uh, how good he is in terms of that, and he means every word he says. I mean, he's a really passionate guy, and everything he says comes from the heart. And uh, I love that about him. And um, you know, and uh, that's what's uh, kept me here uh, and working on this staff because uh, he's an unbelievable person. And uh, you know, if that day comes, uh, some university would be you know really, 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 really you know, lucky to have him. I'm telling you. Um, he's, uh, he's great, but I, I hope that, uh, uh, for, you know, the way his mindset is, uh, he, you know, I hope that we, we stay here and, uh, we're able to be perennial, uh, uh, a, uh perennial back champions, you know what I mean? And, and do things that teams, uh, have done, 
uh, in this conference uh, that have won multiple night championships. So, um, you know, um, so anyway, that's uh, how I feel about uh, uh, what we're doing and what Coach Creighton's done here. And, uh, um, and we look forward to, you know, starting off here in, in uh, you know, week uh, when our guys get back and, and hit the ground running. For, for you, Fred, when you said, you know, your goal is to win a MAC championship and then to be perennial contenders in the MAC, what does it say about the MAC that it's so hard to get to the championship game, let alone win two in a row? It's like every single year it's a different team. Northern Illinois, look at what they've done and how they were able to finish off their season. I mean, what can you say about the MAC, the fact that whoever the champion is, it's, I mean, this isn't talking about like Alabama in the SEC or Clemson typically in the ACC or Ohio State in the Big Ten or Oklahoma in the Big 12. When it comes to the MAC, it's, it's seemingly an ever-changing opportunity that uh, really, I, I would think, you know, goes to show just how competitive the MAC is that we're not seeing the same team twice hoist a trophy. Yeah, I think uh, the thing is, I think the players – uh, there's some really good players in this league, and a lot of these players um, have a chip on their shoulder because they feel like they should be playing um, at the highest level of what we call Power Five. Um, a lot of those guys have a chip on their shoulder about that. Um, and then, uh, so I think there's some unbelievable players. The second thing is, I think that there's some really good coaches, um, you know, really good head coaches. Uh, that have hired good staffs, and uh, it, it, I mean, it's a flat-out battle uh, every week uh, you line up, man. And uh, so I think you know, uh, it's not one of those deals where uh, you can just go in and show up. I mean, you better come with your A game, or you're not going to be able to. Uh, uh, you're not going to be able to win win the game. So um, it, I think it's a combination of the players in the league and uh, and the coaches. There's some really good coaches. Uh, in this league, and, um, and I think it, it uh, makes it uh, super, super competitive. And I think people on the outside really uh, probably uh, don't don't know uh, don't know that. I think you have to be on the inside or be involved with it uh, on a weekly basis to understand the depth of it. And, and in, in closing, here, Fred, for you know name, image, and likeness in the transfer portal. How do you navigate this? How have you navigated this? Now that we've gone a season with name, image, and likeness, how involved, you know, are you or is this staff in, in discussing it with players and, and being a part of that? And then when it comes to the transfer portal, as you're out there recruiting, what is the plan for Eastern Michigan, so to speak? Is this an active portal School is this a school saying, "Hey, we still want to build through prep schools and high schools, and go to the portal if we need to." So, how how did you attack name, image, and likeness? I know it's two big topics, but how mm-hmm. how did you attack one of them? You know, basically, tell me these these two very big topics that have more questions and answers in the next two minutes. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> but but yeah, like the, the, the NIL is uh, uh, something that uh, I think every school is trying to wrap their arms around. Uh, but it really comes down to uh, outside uh, people uh, in the community uh, that um, you know want to uh, be able to uh, have uh, one of the players uh, or several players or what have you uh, you know represent their, their their company or their business or what have you. And I think it's great for the players. 
um, and, and those things. We've done some things uh, with our athletic administration in terms of, uh, you know, educating the guys uh, on, on uh, uh, the, the NIL. Uh, but uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a new, it's uncharted territory, and I think uh, people are still trying to wrap their arms around it and trying to figure it out. And I think it's going to be that way for uh, uh, for the near future, I would think. Uh, but uh, but I'm, you know, just in terms of how I feel about it, I think it's great for the players. I think uh, if a player has an opportunity to uh, make some uh, money off of his name, image, or likeness, I'm more power to him. Uh, and uh, if they're able to do it, and, and it's also not just football. Obviously, I'm speaking for football, but it's the Olympic sports too. I mean, more power to them. We got one of the best track programs in, in the country, and uh, for our female uh, student athletes who have really uh, competed at a high level, for them to be able to uh, be able to you know cash in on uh, the NIL, I think that's awesome. And so. Um, um, you know, but we do try to do a job. Our administration do a good job in terms of educating them. Uh, in terms of the portal, we're a developmental program. Uh, that's who we are. Um, you know, unless coach calls a meeting tomorrow and says we're not. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a developmental program. And so we, we always going to, you know, recruit the high school kids and try to develop them. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, need base, uh, you know, I think everybody has to look at the, you have to at this point look at the portal just to see because the reason why we have to because again you're going to lose guys too so you're not going to you know just the way that that's the nature of this thing uh what it's become and so you just got to look in terms of need base um and that's how we are looking at it we'll develop well program and uh and then use the portal uh to be able to look at it uh similar to how we've looked at in the past at junior college programs being able to recruit guys based on need um, and whatever needs you have, just say, okay, we, we have a need at this position or that. Uh, we want to really look uh, 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 through the portal and junior college ranks uh, to find someone that can come in to, uh, and fit, uh, fit into those, those, those needed areas. Um, so uh, that, that's, you know, at EMU, some people do it differently. Uh, there, there are some that are uh, really uh, programs that are really going and hitting that portal really, really hard. Um, um, but I think that's part of, part of the reason people are hitting it really hard. I think it's the, some of it is the climate of, of, of uh, you know, the win now, uh, and, and guys are not getting, you know, as I said, guys, head coaches are getting two, three years to get things done. It's really difficult to do that, really, uh, in football. Uh, you might be able to do it in others, you know, maybe basketball or something. I don't know, but football is very difficult in terms of the numbers to be able to get a turnaround that quickly. Uh, but I think that's where some people are, are, are putting their focus. And, but we're a developmental program. Uh, we like to get guys in the program and develop them uh, and uh, get them to play at a high level and have them in the program for uh, four, four or five years and, 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 go, and go from there with them. That's, that's been um, what Coach Creighton has, has preached since I've been here. Yeah, coming from Fred Reed here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Joe Adams coming up next. So, Fred, any words about Joe Adams as we get set to bring him in right after you? Oh, that's my man. Uh, you know, I know he's uh, uh, recruiting really hard, uh, trying to, uh, you know, continue to build his program. Uh, and just an uh, awesome guy, great friend. Uh, and I wish him nothing but the best in terms of recruiting. 
Um, and, um, you know, I've always run into them in the summer, and it was just like, it's so great. Uh, that's one of the great things about our profession is in terms of recruiting, you're able to run into guys. And I'm able to run into Joe in the summer um, a lot of times in Chicago recruiting, so it's kind of cool. Um, but uh, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for where he's going with his program and, and those things. It's an exciting time for him. Uh, and, uh, and I know he's, uh, he's passionate about what he's doing, and, uh, and I know he'll get it, get it done uh, at a high level. Who has a better cigar game? I asked DeAndre oh, between him and Joe, and DeAndre actually deferred to Joe. So who would you say? Wow, man. I, I would I, I got to go with Joe because uh, DeAndre, I haven't – I know he's, you know, into his cigars, but I can't recall DeAndre and I having a cigar together. Joe and I have. So I, I, I got to give the cigar game to, to, to Joe. I, I'm going to go with Joe. And uh, so he's posted a few things. So, <laughs> yeah, he's posted a few things that I've seen. So I, I would go with Joe. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair. We know yeah. DeAndre is the best dressed. We know that that's not uh, a. Yeah, without yeah. question. That's yeah. no best. Yeah, no question. So that coming from Fred Reed, Eastern Michigan Eagles, inside of the MAC. Going into uh, yet another season for him, 2016 all the way through to now, and being a part of this team making multiple bowl games and having uh, a bunch of winning seasons, three in the last six years. So being a part of the best part of history of Eastern Michigan says a lot about you, Fred, and a lot about Chris Creighton and Neil Nethery and the staff. So congrats to you. I know there's ever onward, ever upward, flying higher for the Eagles, but thank you for spending some time on today's show. Happy New Year, and thank you for being a part of the first week of Wake Up Call here in 2022. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate you. Um, And uh, Happy New Year to you as well. All right, man. I'll talk with you soon. All right. Take care. Take care.